The text for the sermon this morning is Judges chapter 4. Judges 4, beginning at verse 1. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoim. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kedesh Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river of Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 men went up at his heels, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had separated from the Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zanim, which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him from Herosheth Hagaim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Herosheth Hagim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword, not a man was left. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not be afraid. So he turned aside to, to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent. And if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say, No. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. And she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man to whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera dead with the tent peg in his temple. 
So on that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel pressed harder and harder against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Thus far, the reading of our text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, last month the news was filled with stories about a woman judge. Amy Coney Barrett was appointed to the United States Supreme Court. And throughout the confirmation process, Mrs. Barrett showed herself to be an extremely competent judge. What's even more impressive is that alongside her work as judge, Um, Mrs. Barrett, together with her husband, Jesse, still managed to take care of seven children. So Amy Coney Barrett has stood out as both a judge and a mother. Well, the same thing can be said of another woman, a woman from our text. Our text describes another woman judge, the judge Deborah. And she, too, is not only called a judge in Israel but she's also referred to as a mother in Israel. You can find that in her song in Judges 5. And the Lord appointed her to this task for a a very important reason. This was a dark time in Israel's history. The nation had turned from God again. Jabin, king of Hazor, oppressed Israel cruelly through Sisera and his army. And there seemed to be no one who could overcome this dark enemy. That is, until the Lord used Deborah as a judge and a mother in Israel to raise up godly seed who would save God's people. So I've also summarized the sermon theme. uh, I've also summarized the sermon with this theme this morning. Through a mother in Israel, the Lord raises up godly seed who strike dead the seed of the serpent. We have three points along with this theme. First of all, recognize the two seeds. Second, see God fight for his people. And third, join in the war. So first of all, recognize the two seeds. So in the sermon theme and in this point, I chose the word seed or offspring, children. I did this because of what God promised in Genesis 3 verse 15. Right after the fall to sin, the Lord declared war on the devil, and he said, I will put enmity or hostility between you and the woman, between your seed or offspring and hers. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And this promise of God in Genesis 3 is is very important for understanding our text. Gives us a framework for understanding what's going on. The battle between God and the devil and God's people and the children of the devil continues here in our text. We see this, first of all, in the various women women involved here. First, we meet Deborah. Judges 5 calls Deborah a mother in Israel. As a mother in Israel, Deborah is busy raising up godly children among the people of God. And this is how we should view Deborah's 
office as judge and prophetess. Her aim is to bring forth godly seed, godly children, through the word of God. This role is not restricted to Deborah alone. All the women and girls in God's church have this role as well. You are prophetesses in Jesus Christ. And God wants you to bring forth godly seed among God's people. And this is not just something for those among us who have their own physical children. No, it's for all of them, all of you. Any woman or girl here can be a mother in Israel as you seek to speak the word of God to raise up godly children in God's church. Think of a big sister to her younger siblings, perhaps an aunt to her nephews and nieces, a grandmother to her grandchildren, perhaps other members in the church. Of course, this includes physical mothers teaching their children the word of God. Now, the most notable seed God raises up through Deborah is Barak. And we might wonder a little bit about this. Deborah here is a judge, a prophetess in Israel, and she is the one teaching and commanding Barak. Various New Testament passages seem to speak against this sort of thing. Think of 1 Timothy 2, verse 12, where Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. And indeed, in God's By God's choice, he has decided that the teaching offices in the church are for men. However, in this story here in Judges, it's apparent that the men are failing in their duty. Barak, for example, shows himself extremely reluctant to go to war. And he's representative of the Israelite men. It's clear from Deborah's song, as you you read through it, that many tribes, they were unwilling to, to go to battle. And when the men fail to lead or to speak and heed the word of God, God will use the women for this. I know of similar situations that have happened on uh, mission fields, similar contexts. God used women to teach in the church because there was no men to do the work. And Deborah here does this work admirably. So that's Deborah. And Deborah, as a mother in Israel, contrasts with another mother in this story. The mother of Sisera. Now, Sisera's mother is mentioned only near the end of Deborah's song in Judges 5. And she also raises up seed, or children. She raises up the seed of the serpent the deadly and ungodly Sisera. Now, much, not much is said about the mother of Sisera, but what is said is important. Deborah sings, Out of the window she peered, the mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? That is, after the war. Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princess's answer, indeed she answers herself, Have they not found and divided the spoil, a womb or two for every man, spoil of dyed materials for Sisera? Now, at first, we might be kind of horrified by this. Deborah appears to be cheerfully singing 
about the lament of Sisera's mother after Sisera's death. But on the other hand, we should stop and, and look at what Sisera's mother is saying. As Sisera delays in returning home, she fears that he has died, but she comforts herself by thinking that Sisera must be delayed because he is busy raping the women of Israel. Can you believe that? What kind of woman is this? It's almost enough to make Jezebel blush. If this is Sisera's mother, it's no wonder why Sisera turned out the way that he did. And this is why our text says, The people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for Sisera had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. And in the ancient world, when we hear that one nation cruelly oppressed another, it means cruelly. Sisera, the head of Jabin's army, would have been an extremely tough man. You don't become the captain, captain of an army of 900 chariots by being a sissy. You can be sure that Sisera led many violent escapades against the Israelites. And Judges 5 says, says the Israelites, they kept off the main roads because of this. They lived in fear. They never knew when Sisera and his thugs would come by to pillage, to rape, and to murder. No, I can't help but think of someone like Genghis Khan, the emperor of the Mongol Empire in the 12th century. Genghis Khan and his armies invaded lands far and wide, and they too, they murdered and they raped and they pillaged as they went. You know, as I was preparing for this sermon, I read a Quite an astounding fact. Uh, some gen geneticists estimate that in the, the most part of Asia, millions and millions of people, about 10% of the men are directly descended from Genghis Khan. That's amazing. How many women did Genghis Khan impregnate in his cruel escapades? Well, how many people in Israel were descended from S Sisera? Because of his violent work. That helps to see something else about these two seeds. The seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent. Those who oppose God and his people, they often look powerful. King Jabin's men were pumping out quality war machinery. They acquired hundreds of horses. They skillfully trained them for war. They had 900 chariots of army. Uh, Iron. This was a punishing force that struck Israelites' hearts with terror. In contrast to Sisera's might, the seed of the woman appears small and weak. Look at Barak. Deborah calls him to lead Israel in battle, and he doesn't want to go. He says, if you will go with me, Deborah, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. No, that's not the sort of courage you want from the leader of your army. You know, I know this sounds politically incorrect in the years of 21st century hearers, but in the ancient world, Barak would have been the laughingstock of the nations. He doesn't want to go to battle unless a woman goes with him. 
You can almost hear Sisera laughing at him. However, from a human point of view, we can understand Barak's reluctance. Deborah sings in Judges 5 that a spear or shield could not be found among 40,000 in Israel. They hardly had any weapons. How is an army of untrained soldiers with farm tools supposed to fight Sisera's war machine? And that's how it often is in this spiritual war. The church might look very small. The church might look insignificant in the eyes of the world. And Satan's kingdom, on the other hand, appears rich, influential, powerful. They might make us afraid, as Barak was, especially as we see evil rising in this world. But remember also this, the Spirit says through Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Yes, the people of God may look small, but God's power is made perfect in our weakness. He does this for the glory of his name. We have to remember that God fights for his people, and that's all that we need. That brings us to our second point. See God fight for his people. So Sisera, as the seed of the serpent, trusted in his own strength. His hope is in his chariots. His hope looks secure. And this presented a temptation to God's covenant people. You could think of Heber the Kenite, the husband of Jael. He put his confidence in Jabin's might. Heber, it says, was a Kenite. <clears throat> and earlier in Israel's history, these Kenites joined with Israel and became faithful to Yahweh. And in fact, Othniel, the first judge of Israel, was a Kenite. <clears throat> Excuse me. But verse 11 says, Heber separated himself from the Kenites. He made peace with Jabin the Canaanite. And he probably benefited financially from this move. But Heber was a covenant breaker. <clears throat> he turned away from God, from God's word, <clears throat> and he joined God's enemies. And the words of James 4 apply to Heber, friendship with the world is enmity toward God. Heber made friends with the seed of the serpent. Turn his back on God. Guard yourself against covenant breaking. Now, Barak, he felt weak. How could he fight against Sisera's army? But Barak learns to trust in the word of God and in the promises of God. And that's what marks out true Christians. Right? The people of God... Trust God's word. They learn to trust God's promises. 
They learn to trust God's salvation. And Christians follow the word of God where it leads in, where it leads us. This is what makes Deborah stand out in our text as well. She shows complete confidence in the word of God. When she tells Barak to go to war, it's simply a matter of fact. Barak, go to war because God has given you Sisera into your hand. It's the same confidence Jesus Christ showed in God's word. How often did he not say in his ministry, it is written, this is God's word, this is our standard. The Bible commands us to stand firm. This is what it looks like. Let's see Deborah here, standing firm. You know, it reminds me of the words I heard years ago from an older believer. This older woman's motto was, God's word says it, I believe it, that settles it. Maybe that sounds simplistic to our ears, but what a great approach in the end. God's word says it, I believe it, that settles it. Now it's clear that Barak's faith is really weak. We might feel that way too at times. But no matter how weak his faith is, the important thing is he still has faith. He has not rejected God's word outright. He still acts on God's word, even in his weakness. And God's promises through Deborah have made him strong. Hebrews 11 speaks about those who live by faith. Hebrews 11 says, Barak became strong in battle through faith. And so by God's grace, Barak went to war. And indeed, God's promises to us in Jesus Christ will make us strong also. For consider what God has done to fight for us, his people, in Jesus Christ. Deborah sings about Sisera's demise at the end of Judges 5, and she sings, So may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. So may all your enemies perish. And remember, by nature, we are the enemies of God. In our rebellion against God, we joined the serpent, became seed of the serpent. We, by our sin, deserve the same death that Sisera died. What did God do? God sent his own son to die in our place to die the death that we deserve. I want you to consider something for a moment. Jesus Christ died in much the same way as Sisera did. Have you ever thought of that before? Christ died because people took a hammer and some spikes and they pierced his body through much like Sisera. And there on the cross, God did treat Christ like one of his enemies. But he did this so that he could shower us who were God's enemies, he could shower us with his mercy and his grace. He did this so that our sins would be paid for and we would have eternal life. He did this so that we would be the friends of God in Jesus Christ. 
And that is what God did for us in Christ. We can have confidence that God will also fight for us in this battle. See that Barak had good reason for confidence. The Lord was fighting alongside him. You know, the battle scene is very short in chapter 4. It simply says, The Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And that's it. For all that worry, the battle was over so quickly. Barak had nothing to worry about. But when we look at Judges 5, we see a bigger picture of this battle. The battle took place in northwestern Israel near the Kishon River. But before the battle took place, Judges 5 describes how God was getting ready for war in the southeast of Israel. Deborah sings that the Lord marched out from Edom, southeast of Israel. And as he marched... The heavens dropped water. Rain fell from the clouds. And Judges 5 says that the torrent of the Kishon River swept Sisera's army away. It seems that God was fighting for his people through a storm sent just at the right time to render Sisera's chariots useless in the battle. That's so often how our God works. The enemy trusts in his chariots, and so in a moment, God renders his chariots useless. A person's idol will always be his downfall or her downfall. But when we trust in the Lord, ultimate victory is assured. So the entire army of Sisera was defeated before the Lord and before Barak, and how the tables have turned. Sisera, the man of strength, has his strength sapped in a moment. Barak was a man of little strength, but he is strengthened by the Lord. And so he gains the victory. There's one last job to do. Sisera himself must be defeated. But Barak will not be the one to get him. Although he did have faith, he also did not at first have full confidence in the word of God. And so the Lord declared through Deborah, the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And this is one last way the Lord fights for his people in our text. Heber the Kenite had made peace with Jabin. And he also moved his tents close to Kadesh, which was close to the battlefield. And Sisera thought he had a place of refuge in Heber's tents. However, not everyone in Heber's household followed Heber's lead. Jael, his wife, most emphatically, did not want to be friends with Jabin or Sisera. This also shows the Lord being faithful to his promise in Genesis 3. He will put enmity or hostility between the woman, think of Jael, and the serpent. Between her seed and his. And the Lord worked in the heart of Jael to maintain that enmity, that hostility. To not make friends with the seed of the serpent. And God worked to bring Heber and Jael to live near the battlefield. And where Sisera thought he had an ally, he would meet his demise. God is at work in the little details of the story. 
by his power, by his providence, he was going to bring Sisera down. And that gives us great comfort too. Remember, no one can fight against God and win. Not ultimately. Even when our enemies look strong and attack God's people and appear to overcome them, keep trusting in God and his word. God is at work even in the little details of life to make his people victorious in the end. That brings us to our last point. Join in the fight against the seed of the serpent. Because God fights for his people, he calls us to fight with him in this spiritual war. This is something Barak did. Judges 5 says that God fought, fought against Sisera by a storm, it's interesting that the name Barak means lightning. It means lightning. Right? Barak joined God in the fight, and he was like God's lightning in the storm that God sent against Sisera. God is using Barak in this fight. This is something Jael did too, joining God in the fight. Sisera's chariots was rendered useless by God's flood, so he fled the battle on foot. When he reached the tents of Heber, Jael met Sisera and greeted him. Sisera came inside, lay down, exhausted from the battle. He asked Jael for a drink, and she gave him milk. This lulled Sisera into a false sense of security. Also lulled him to sleep. As Sisera slept, Jael grabbed a hammer and a tent peg. She crept as quiet as a cat up to Sisera. And then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground. The seed of the woman has crushed the head of the seed of the serpent. Now again, this, when we read this, I mean, we might be shocked. This is shockingly violent. Uh, the story right before Deborah is Ehud against King Eglon. That, that story is violent too. But here again, it's, it's just violent. It's almost gruesome. Uh, and yet, when we read the story, we see that Jael is praised by God for her actions. And, and in Deborah's song, she sings, Most blessed of women be Jael. Now, we might wonder about this. Uh, would we want our daughters to grow up to be like Jael? I'm Deborah, yes. Someone like Amy Coney Barrett, sure. But Tent Peg Jail? Is that the kind of woman we should admire? Well, there's another layer to this. Deborah sings in Judges 5, Most blessed of women be jail. This is the same praise given to the Proverbs 31 woman. The children of the Proverbs 31 women, woman rise up and call her blessed. It's the same praise for Mary, the mother of Jesus. In Luke 1, she confesses, all generations will call her blessed. When you think of a woman in the same category as the Proverbs 31 woman as and as Mary, the mother of Jesus, I would guess the first person that comes to mind is not Jael. But she receives this praise. Why? Well, there was peace between 
Heber, her husband, and Jamin. So Sisera undoubtedly had been to Heber's tents before. It's clear from our story that Jael knew who Sisera was. And you can be sure that Jael knew about the cruel oppression Sisera brought upon Israel. And Jael did not go along with her husband's unholy alliance. She aligned herself completely with the people of God, with God's word, and with God's promises. And these are traits found in the Proverbs 31 woman and in Mary. You see, Jael put God first in her life. She put God before her husband, before her own comforts. She could have benefited financially from this move of her husband also. But like Moses, she would rather share in the reproach of God's people rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin for a time. And that's why Jael did what she did, and that's why Deborah sings, Most blessed of women be Jael. Why should we want our daughters to grow up to be like Jael? It's not because she can do some quick work with a hammer and a tent peg. It's because Jael was ready and willing to join God in the battle against sin and against Satan. Jael realized, perhaps better than us, the seriousness of spiritual war. She knows that God's people are in a kill-or-be-killed battle. We must realize this too. 1 Peter 2, verse 11, it urges us to keep away from sinful desires which war against your soul. War against your soul. And what would happen if we all took the same approach to our sinful desires as Jael did to Sisera? What would happen if, if women and, and men among us with the same determination as Jael put to death things like envy and, and gossip and jealousy, thoughts of adultery and desires for revenge? What would happen if the men and the boys and the women and the girls among us with the same determination as jail put to death pride and and greed and lust and hatred and anger? These things war against your soul. So let us put them to death. God calls us to join him in this war. We can see from the story that there is praise for those who join him. In Deborah's song, she praises the tribes who found confidence in God and joined Barak in the battle. Tribes such as Zebulun and Naphtali, Issachar, Ephraim, and Benjamin, they're praised for taking up the fight. But there are other tribes that did not join, and they are denounced. Tribes such as Reuben, Asher, and Dan. Perhaps they were too lazy to fight. Maybe they lacked any faith in God's word at all. Maybe they simply couldn't be bothered. But for their lack of action, they are denounced. And this comes to, to a climax in Judges 5, where it says, Curse Meros, 
says the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants thoroughly because they did not come to the help of the Lord. Meraz was most likely a city near the battlefield. And the people there refused to hear the call of God and join the fight. And so they were cursed for it. We must be on guard too. Our Lord Jesus says, whoever is not for me is against me. Christ calls you to take up your cross and follow him. Refusing to do so brings judgment. Join Christ in the battle against sin and Satan. Even those of little account can gain great victories. Let us also be encouraged and trust in the Lord. We might be weak in faith like Barak, but that's okay. Just joining in the fight is enough. God promises us victory in Christ. The Spirit says through Paul in Romans 16, verse 20, God will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen.